Hi guys, welcome to episode 12 of the Trainer Feed. Um, we are following up from last week's episode where we really focused on the topic of Black Lives Matter. This week we're getting back to fitness and we have a special guest with us today, Mel LeBrock. But before we bring her in, let's see how the guys are doing. David, how you doing? Good. Everything's good. It's not as hot as it was yesterday. Fucking humid as fuck. That's why you're wearing the hat. Exactly. And you know, I'll keep my hair in check. It's gonna fucking go everywhere. Um, yeah, I feel good. How are you guys? Good. Angel? Yeah, I'm good. Um, you know, it was good to touch on the Black Lives Matter episode. Excuse me. Uh, it was good to touch up on that uh, topic. Obviously, things are still going on right now. Um, but, you know, it's good to kind of be in the full swing of things and keep things rolling. So everything has been good this week. I'm feeling good and all that stuff. How about you? You've been good? You've been good? Yeah. A couple of days is a little slower than others, but um, we're coming out to the city on Monday and I'm pretty excited to try and get some normalcy back, try and see you guys six feet apart maybe. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. All right, should we bring Mel in? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so um, Mel LeBrock is a very good friend. She's a former personal training manager at West 76th Street. And thanks for joining us, Mel. Oh my gosh, look at you guys. (laughs) Oh, this makes my, like, year. How are you? Good, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm crazy, you know. Butterflies in my stomach, all that stuff. How's the little one? Uh, not so little, kind of big, <laughs> you know, seven and telling me I'm not a little baby anymore. So, you know, so I have to <laughs> ask him like, well, what's cool to say then? I'm like, you know, he's like, just say just Jax. Cause I call him Jaxie. So now it's, it's all changing. Wow. <laughs> That's a big one. you the mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, thirty-five. Fuck that. And I want to like do his little tushy because he's got a little tush, and he's like, nah. I don't know. I guess I guess it's all done now. <laughs> wow. Look at you guys doing big <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us. It's a big opportunity for us to have you on. Um... Oh, thank you. Great. I haven't seen you in. I haven't spoken to you in what? More than a year. Mm. Well, you haven't tagged me in any crazy animal posts lately, so. Oh, David. <laughs> Get back on Call me out. Baby Yoda memes, buddy. It feels weird when I don't do that, right? Like the, yeah, like kissing the cats and stuff, or, yeah, it's, you know. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Don't worry. I haven't gotten any of those in, I don't know, maybe uh, a year. That's, that's about right. They're coming. You're going to regret that. <laughs> it's going to be flooded. I talked to Angel uh, on his birthday because we share a birthday. Yep, so. yep, that's very true. The talked meaning, you know, social media, but. Yeah, and it was, it's, it's crazy how, like, um, on the birthday, you would think, like, it would be easier to remember somebody's birthday because it's on your birthday, but then at the same time, it's just, like, everybody's, like, reaching out to you, and the one person that you might forget to con- <laughs> share a birthday with. with. Yeah, exactly, it's the person that you share a birthday with. <laughs> um, but it was no good worries. to talk to you. <laughs> my friend, I was working out this morning with two friends, and it was her birthday. Mm. And she told me, yep, Wednesday. She's like, it was my birthday Wednesday. I'm going to bring my boyfriend or whatever. We'll work out. I'm like, cool, let's do it. And then today, I didn't say shit until I think <laughs> I, I came back home. Or, like, we were close to my apartment, and her, they were walking away. And I said, 
and she's and then her boyfriend said something about uh the birthday or something i'm like oh my god like happy birthday that, that, <laughs> that doesn't surprise david that sounds like you it doesn't so much surprise me um so we want to we really want to get to know about like your journey and what your fitness picture looks like but we want to get into what does your journey into the fitness world look like like how did it come about how did it start where you are now sort of thing well uh i guess the short version is just that um I was never into sports or anything in, in high school. Uh, actually, you know, didn't, my high school was um, back and forth in between, you know, California and Bend, Oregon. And so never really got completely invested in sports in um, high school. So it came definitely later. And I was like the type of person that would go to the gym whenever I could three or four times a week and do like the mirror bicep stuff and elliptical, right? Um, so, so I was always fit in that way, sort of. I got really into working out probably around 28, 29, and that's like when Beachbody started coming out, like actual Tony, what's his name, Tony, um, you know, the guy. Tony. Um, I, I was gonna say Tony Robbins, but that's not him. <laughs> no, it's- <laughs> Tony the Tiger. No. <laughs> Tony the Tiger. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was like, oh, Beachbody is cool. <laughs> and we had a little, I don't know, place that we could do it. So I got into it a lot then. And then, um, well, then I got pregnant and I, uh, you know, ultimately had two children, two births, two pregnancies. And, uh, you know, for my last pregnancy, I was on bed rest. And so I was a, you know, what was I, 36, 37, and a bed rest mess. So atrophied, and um, I didn't want to be that way. So I just started doing lots and lots of research on how to be able to, you know, move again and not hurt, and not ache, and not be tired. And uh, so that's where it started. Just, and I wanted to do it right. And um, I just started researching and, um, and then as people started seeing me change, they would then, it was mothers, you know, spent a lot of time in the NICU and people would start asking me like what I was doing and so on and so forth. And then when my son became one, everybody was asking me, I was like, oh, well, maybe I should get educated and I have the time and I'm not going back to work right now. So that's when I started doing uh, my certification. Um, then Equinox has this, um, they don't have it on the East Coast, I don't believe, but it's called Equinox Academy. And it's where you go and you train with the master trainers. Do they have it on the East Coast now? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, the EFTI program, I think. Mm -hmm. Before yeah, we, so this uh, is for people who don't work there. Like you can pay. Oh, yeah. It's a, you, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a, yeah. it's a 10 to 11 week course when they, yeah, I think, yes. yeah, something like that. Yeah. So um, I did that, I, I took that course for the, for the simple purpose of, you know, I wasn't thinking of being a trainer. I was thinking seriously, I wanted to help moms impact their lives. And if they were asking me a question, I wanted it to be more pliable and doable. And, you know, with the master trainers, they would, when you were at these courses, they would take you out onto the floor and we would, none of us trained um, there. None of us were trainers and none of us I was the only one that ultimately ended up working for the company out of like the 12 people that took it. Um, wow. But that's how I got into it. So um, it wasn't, none of it was purposeful as far as in being a personal trainer. It was all just about 
trying to control my health and um, fitness and become a mom. You know, when you become a mom, all of a sudden this vulnerability that I had never experienced before was there. And so mm. I wanted to be sure I was healthy and, you know, could, sounds weird, but protect myself, protect my kid. And, you know, if I felt like a lush, I wasn't going to be able to do that. So that's kind of how it started. That's cool. Um, yeah. That kind of touches over one of the common um, topics with females lifting or working out where I don't want to get too buff or I don't want to lift heavy of how I look like. And even you just mentioned when you started working out, your routine was the bicep exercises yes. in the mirror, the, the elliptical, right? And that's, that's like typically what is passed down onto like what health and fitness is at, it's to some degree, right? Like our lives might be our first perception of what it is. So can you tell us about some success stories you've had, maybe even elaborating on your success story, but with other clients you've worked with that have gone in with some similar mindset of, oh, I don't want to lift, I don't want to get too big, and like how it's really changed that thought process and their physical uh, transformations from it too. Sure. So, um, you know, first of all, I feel like, you know, the first meeting is really what sets that up. You ask them what their goals are and and I ask them how committed they are to those goals and if they have any preconceived like ideas on what that means, you know, so uh, bulky, I'm like, so, so what is bulky? Like, how do you get that? You know, and, you know, sometimes they'll use somebody in the gym or they would use me and they're like, like, you're okay, but like, not bulky. So, um, okay. you know, I would try to find some sort of gauge because it's really important to understand like what bulky is to somebody, what working out is to somebody because then it gives you like somewhere to start and help them with their success story. So, uh, and then I, I ask them, I say, well, I can tell you training with me, what that looks like is, it means we're gonna lift weights. It means that, you know, we're gonna start off very foundationally and then eventually, you know, those kettlebells that you were saying that you would never wanna lift, like that's how I train. So if that's not you, then we find you somebody that, that hits you because listen, at the end of the day, if you're working out and even if you're just doing biceps and elliptical, if you're moving, I think you're doing the right thing for you. Mm. But for me and to train with me, this is, this is what I do um, because that's how I see results. So that's how the conversations start. And very rarely does somebody say, yeah, that's not for me. They're like, well, tell me about weights. And you know, the number one thing I use and I've, sure I either showed it from you guys or got it from one of you because you all three are amazing smart trainers that every time we would talk and come together it was just about like getting more information from you but so it's that graphic that is five pounds of muscle and five pounds of fat and so whenever I show that to a female I tell them the only way to change that is muscle and tell me how you get muscle not by going like this on the elliptical machine, right? It's by building muscle and you need to use weight. So yes, we'll start out with body weight. Yes, we'll do that. Yes, we'll, you know, move without weights at first because we have to. Um, so I've had one client that I've worked with almost three years and she literally started with zero intrinsic ability, um, motor moron as far as in movement. Um, and she, three years later, she also has chronic back pain and chronic alignment pain. Um, so she's followed me all the way um, since I've moved to PA and um, she is now a huge success story as far as her intrinsic. We work out three times a week. 
She does two times, maybe three times on her own as far as in her own cardiovascular training. Um, and she's a mom of two. And she is literally, she's a size four, was size 12. But she is stronger than me. Like the goal was to get her strong. She's stronger than me. She's squatting wow. on the squat rack. She's wow. deadlifting. She's, you know, again, but the, the biggest thing is, is I can't get you there in six months. Like I'm the wrong trainer. If you're thinking you're just going to hire me before your wedding, because I can't get you there because I'm going to tell you to eat right. I'm going to tell you to sleep. I'm going to tell you to work out regularly. And so the best cases are when you know your brand and you know how you can help somebody specific and the people who are really coming to you because they're wanting to change their life. And luckily I train what 99% women and all of them are older as far as, you know, 35s, 40, 45s, 61. Um, and for them right now, it's about healthy and aesthetics come later. So I have long game clients, which is super helpful. Uh, so that's one. No, that, that's, that's really important that you also mentioned that the two things I like there were, well, many things I like, the two that really caught me was one, like understanding what the client deems to be bulky, what to them bulky looks like, right? Because to us, to other clients, to other members of the public, like we have different perceptions of what might be bulky. Again, like we, if we're in an environment, we have um, coworkers that are like, monsters or like beasts like that to us is bulky right whereas if and then you even said to yourself if a client said to you oh no but you're okay like actually your body and, and, and then if they don't know the story behind your workout routine or what your history is weights right then now they're a bit more in tune with what the reality is but then also communicating and being completely transparent about time frames where like i can't get either in six months if your wedding's in two months like um, Anthony jokes when he mentioned a story about a client said, can you get me in shape before my birthday? When is your birthday? In two weeks. And he was like, oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I got you. I got right. You. Just drink water. <laughs> drink your tea. Yeah, drink yeah. your tea and eat for three days straight. Kind of stuff. So but then, mm -hmm. oh, the, um, and again, I don't, I, we want to ask like how your quarantine routine has been look like, but the other thing, with quarantine is there's a lot of obviously negative thoughts or presses come out from from quarantine like being in isolation like if you were to look back at this quarantine what have been some of the positives that have come out for you like i know some people it's like spending more time on the dogs like what for you what has been some of the positives that have come out of this lockdown so it was really reaffirming in my career choice actually because uh you know my prior life was retail management and that's taken such a large hit in the community. And, and I have to say, I feel so much gratitude for being in the fitness industry and I'm working um, full time. Uh, and there's not a lot of us that can say that. Um, so the biggest thing I've actually learned is retention and how to uh, adapt. You know, I'm 43 years old. I don't like going and clipping and trimming down a video and like learning mm. how to post it for my client. That's something I know. Um, so I've had to like throw myself into adapting my business from, you know, virtual training, which, um, I do, uh, I would say I retained all but four of my clients as far as like through the virtual training wow. and, you know, there's hiccups with all of that, um, yeah. and, and how to do it and how to retain and how to still give them the same quality, hopefully the same engagement. Um, it came down to, if you were to look at my studio right now, like normally it's lined with weights and I have no weights because I, so that's your own, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I loaned them so that they could at least like, so some only got like one this and one that and we have to be adaptable and, um, but you know, part of retention was like, how can I help you be successful at your home, helping them set up their own small space in their own house, um, because people don't like working out at home. And so how do you help that environment? So that's the biggest thing, uh, spending more time with my family. No, I'm good. I love my family and I also feel like people need space. I like work. You know, my husband likes yeah. work. My kid likes school. My kid likes his friends. I am not a teacher yet. I have to be. So um, <laughs> I've enjoyed the, I've enjoyed the uh, work aspect. Actually, it's pretty invigorating to have to reinvent my own business. Cause if it doesn't, it fails. You know, if I lose all my clients, I'm word of mouth. I don't do anything else. Everything is referral. So that's the biggest, definitely the biggest thing. I can, I can only imagine how, if you, like you said, you feel like you're delving more into the world of like edit, editing videos. I can only imagine how much even more success you'd get if you were more, more involved in that. That's just my, that's just, that's just my take. I, I, I need to hire somebody if I could like do that. Well, you're more than welcome to ask us for any help. So. Thank, and I need to, because I, uh, you know, was reading um, a book and my husband and I were talking about a book he's actually reading. And it just talks about how, you know, posting three times a day on three different vehicles, whether it be YouTube, whether it be Instagram, and I have to fit that in and then also fit in the editing of the videos. And like, sometimes I'm like, I don't have time to edit this. It's, it's, it's a gift to you. So hopefully it's okay. As far as the entry, most of the time I like to like cut off the entry, but you know, it's a public service when I put those out. For all that stuff, it's a skill. You know, you know some people have it the skill to just sit down and do that for hours a day. I personally don't, you know, because it's just like I just get bored and I can't, I can't do that shit. And for you to retain the business to keep doing that, that's great. Mm. Yeah. Or, or you know, you. without doing all that stuff, you know, without sitting down and clipping and editing and adding this and that, it's it's great. Well, you know, it becomes easier when there's short clips because I used to build programs and I would put the video in. I learned that from you, Jacques, actually. Um, like he would, you know, whatever. And then I was like, wait, why for my why for my brand am I going onto YouTube and finding the best example of this? So I started making my own and then putting them in there uh, for when people go away on vacations or, right. you know, paid me for a program or something. Just yeah. put that. So that's what I've done with that. But it's when I post the full workouts that I'd like to go through and, you know, whatever. But I, I'll get there maybe. maybe. My seven-year-old will probably be able to teach me in a year. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you left Equinox, how long ago was that again? I, don't, I can't remember. Oh, it was, was a horrible time. That was, that was a while back. Um, that was, was three, that? Years, three years. Yeah. Wow. I was a transition from there to come to the PA to starting your own mm. business. You know, what was something that you had to, uh, was there anything you had to learn? Was there something you had to sort of get out of a habit of? Um, yeah, well, it was really, it was really emotional. Um, you know, I had some post-traumatic stress stuff that because I, you guys know, I used to work so much that I didn't really have to like, deal with and uh you know i came here and I, I didn't work for the first i don't know six eight weeks and so i ended up dealing with a lot of my nephew's passing feelings which was healing because i would just go around and literally try every 
gym that I could drive to easily to see which, which atmosphere I liked the best. And so it became very therapeutic to work out. Um, and you know, I wrote a program for myself for the first like time and did that. And it just kind of got me refocused into, uh, not having to work, you know, 65, 70 hours a week. Um, and then, you know, I was able to, to heal a little bit personally, which was super important as well, because you carry your own, you know, shit with you basically. And you put that out there. And so, you know, I can lead life with a little less of that baggage. Um, so, so adjusting, yes, because I didn't have a place to work out. And that's always been such an important therapy for me. Um, you know, I like to put that into my routine no matter what and figure out what that looks like. So I had to find all of that. Um, and then I did and, you know, ended up, they, I ended up working there part time. So it was good. It was a good experience. How have your clients been dealing with the quarantine and stuff? Especially when I say that again, how have they been coming along with, you know, quarantine workouts? Has there been a big pushback in terms of, Hey, I'm at home now. I really, you know, cause for me at least, it's been hard to work out at home. I have some weights here, but it's just, it's tough. And you said earlier right now, not everybody likes to work out at home. What have you tried to tell them at least to keep them accountable other than having the schedule with you? Well, <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of that became, my dog is staring at me. <laughs> no like, literally, <laughs> holy, oh. speaking of working out, she's up there tearing at the carpet. Um, well, I, you know, I haven't had any pushback actually. Um, I, I've been completely, uh, uh, blessed with that. Um, I think the biggest thing was like, for me, like how, how could I be sure that I engaged them? How could I be sure that I was programming in a way that would make them feel like they were still making progress? Um, you know, how, how could I make things seem like purposeful and needing to do it like from somebody who's you know doing goblet squats with 45 pound weights and they don't have that at their house how can i make them feel like they're still getting stronger so you know it, i think it was the first two weeks and how flexible i was actually was probably really important to them because they were uncomfortable with it um, but i have a few clients now that you know they've expressed that you know they want to keep saturday mornings in their living room with their music, their whatever's, and uh, you know, my 7 a.m. So like, I built this whole area, I'll just stay here. Then I don't have to prep and come to you. So I think again, it's like long game clients and like, what are they in for? Like what's, it's the corniest thing ever, but what is their like, why? And why is it important to them? And if it's about aesthetics, that doesn't always take them. But if it is about health and it is about feeling stronger and it is about like, I'm turning 45 and I, don't want to fall down and twist my ankle because I'm not healthy, then, you know, people stay engaged and, um, you know, I haven't had any pushback like that. Uh, and if it is, if it's weights or something, I mean, I'll take my weights to them. If it's bands or something, I'll buy bands and I'll take it to them. Um, one of them, I go to the, the shore on the weekends and she comes here and does bar squats, the three-year client I was telling you about. Uh, so that keeps her engaged because we keep on going back to the squat rack. We find ways to, you know, it's my job to keep them engaged in that way because it's probably easier to quit right now. Um, so I haven't had any pushback in that sense. 
Um, but I've also really not accepted that I won't help them succeed. So sometimes it's verbalizing how we're going to help them succeed together. Have you had anybody slowly transition back into seeing you personally? Or is it still mostly virtual training? No, virtual training. So where I live, um, uh, we're the county that was hit hardest in PA. So mm -hmm. there's areas all around us that are open and we're still, this county is still not open. So being that I am LLC'd and insured, I have to follow, uh, I have to follow guidelines. So although we, I may start outside training, um, outside maybe in two weeks so um yeah. can, you, can you tell us a little bit about your work with uh, her well wisher what, what is it how did it start <laughs> so you know speaking of time i've so one of the things i've wanted to get way back into is is that website and also you know the meaning behind it and, and editing videos um so a friend of mine a very dear friend of mine um we've known each other a very long time we were sitting in huntington beach and she had just lost her father um i had just gone through a tremendous loss as well and you know we were just talking about how lucky we were to have another female to look at us and not judge our sorrow or you know, not judge why we're still sad about what we're going through or telling us, you know, it's time to heal now or, or whatever it is. And just be really not judgmental in the, in that piece of it. And, and how could we lift each other up to help each other succeed um, in, in the truest of forms? Like, what can I do? And somebody says nothing, just sit here, don't talk to me and like really respect that and be in their space. Um, so that's how her well wisher came is we just, you know, yeah, you know, we were like, you know, just well wish somebody and, and it became that. And so then it became this like reaching out to females who have gone through, you know, cancer, loss of a child, loss of a dad, uh, being bullied in high school to now they're successful women doing X, Y, and Z, you know, doctors or, um, you know, non uh, profits and um, those kinds of things. So um, that's where it came from. And it was a healing process for many people to put their story out there and have people comment on it. And, you know, mostly, fe mostly females commenting, oh my gosh, you went through that. You're like superwoman. Like, thank you for sharing mm -hmm. your story. And, you know, I didn't know that I wasn't alone. This is great to know that. And, um, you know, there's a lot of work to still be done in that. Um, we both went, she went to Texas and I went to the East coast. And so it was hard to maintain. And she's the one behind the beautiful, um, layout of the website and um uh, she she is the computer woman so uh hopefully we'll get back to diving into that in in a in a very different and the goal was always to have a studio for me to work in and then a support center kind of thing for you know her well wisher um in a combined zone so that's the goal so we there we wanted to do like her well wisher retreats and you know invite women to come for short weekends and supply them with amazing food and workouts and yoga and meditation and fun um so all those dreams are still there it's just you know the road to get there is um well gotta happen someday okay, the COVID yeah yeah that's awesome well, that, that's unbelievable thank you yeah well again it's it's a it's a two-part 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 party um, so, so that'll come to life. We just have to, we have to get down to that. Thanks for mentioning that. When I talk about it, it reminds me.
how passionate I am about supporting women through things. Mm-hmm. I think the sharing of other women's stories, like you said, if you re- if you promote the awareness and the, it, it allows more uh, more variety of women just knowing that there's similar stories to theirs out there with similar backgrounds or even just similar struggles, right? Like it helps them feel that there is a lot more of a support system that might be tangibly visible to them right there and then, right? And it, even if it's in another scene in the, another state in the of the country, there are no support systems. I think that's one of the things I'd like most about as well. Oh, well, thank you guys for even asking. That's so thoughtful. No, it's unbelievable. And I think that one of the biggest parts, uh, touching on what Jacques has said, is like one of the biggest things when you go through something and you don't feel like somebody's there, you don't have a support group. And mm-hmm. we're kind of like blessed in the sense that we live in New York and we have a lot of people around us, you know, always mm-hmm. in constant communication and we see people, right? And sometimes even if you're going through something on a subway or in a park, like somebody's always there and somebody might reach out and say, hey, are you okay? Is everything going all right? But, you know, not every place is like NYC. And then the further away you are from people, um, sometimes you feel like you're isolated and you're alone. So it's really good that you have kind of like that platform to be able to reach out and to communicate uh, with people who are going through something. Um, and then they, it's like a two-way communication. Like they can reach out to you, you can reach out to them to have that support system when you might not feel like you have that. So that's, that's really important. Well, you'd be like really surprised too. Like we, we had tons of people that would like reach out to us and say, you know, I have never told anybody my story that's very similar to this and I won't, but knowing that I'm not alone is, you know, enough to help me heal a little bit or, you know, seek help or, um, you know, those sort of things. So it's, it's, uh, you know, the purpose behind it was very much, um, like the group, this group that is sharing is putting themselves out there because they're trusting you to not judge them because they would never judge your story. Right. And I think that's like, you know, if we could do that as humans, um, you know, if we approach people with unconditional positive regard in the first place, then, you know, we would be in a different place because I don't need to have a judgment of who it is, what it is and of who you are until I, until you show me who that person is. And, um, I feel like females have a lot of work and we could, we could really change the world if we did that. Um, no, I want to ask, uh, you did a fitness competition, right? Your bodybuilding stuff. I sure did. On the spot. When? When's the next one? Not. How was that? How was the? How was the? Uh, how was the journey to it? Well, was it so that you was had the idea of doing. No, so it's funny. Um, you know, where we worked together, we were surrounded by people who did these competitions, and I never saw myself doing that, but respecting what it is we would see the work that they would put in um you know but i never saw myself doing any of that so it just kind of happened in that same transition period of when i moved um when i left new york um and i started right i wrote my own program um and you know started to really focus in on that and it it actually the the show let's say just gave me a really strict tight focus um on my physical fitness and my plan and the way and what I would intake. And it just kind of like grew from there. And then, um, you know, somebody I worked with, he had previously um, coached people in females in um, 
in competitions and uh, he had done them himself. And, um, you know, we're like, all right, let's just, I was like, I'll try it. Uh, so I stepped on stage, uh, you know, for my first time last time at 41 and, uh, you know, did it. <laughs> it was, it was quite, quite, quite the experience. Wow. That's great. It's a, it's a big, I think from, you know, when we were back at Equinox or whenever you and I work out or, or talk about fitness, it's kind mm. of a jump, right? I think from, yes going from one thing that you're doing into bodybuilding it's it's a I think it's a big uh change you know it's just it's, it's big you're more regimented I, I think right or you have all these things that you have to think and take into account that a lot of people don't realize and when they get into doing bodybuilding they just get put off yeah I um so I would say that I um I took a lot of what you knew of me working out and I, I still like insisted on working in planes and I'm not saying that all don't, I'm just saying I insisted on working in all planes when I worked out. I didn't want to come out of it and be like, I did all this work to my body over the last seven years. And then because I'm bodybuilding, I'm only working in these, you know, forward and backward motions to get those. Like I was still, still on a program to do complete body work and recovery work and, um, eating, right? So I refuse to not eat. Um, uh, so my nutrition coach, basically, he, I used to work with him at Equinox. And so we talked a lot about like what I would eat, how I would eat, uh, not supplementing a ton of protein shakes. So how could I do all this in a really healthy, not starving myself way? Um, so it was a lot of work in that I, I ate a lot and it was a lot of food um, and, and not supplements. Uh, it was food. So that was the hardest part was, you know, eating eight times a day, even if it was like a container of cherry tomatoes to get like the carbs I needed or half a sweet potato with those. So it was all about food for me. Um, but it was great because I also learned a ton about how my body, my body works. and Everybody's body is so different. So I learned like I can't eat a ton of fat after I work out for a certain amount of hours because if I do then it does something to me that it doesn't do to other people. Um, I have to eat that before. And I just didn't know that that's how my body would respond. Um, so I learned, I learned a lot that I get to carry into like my lifestyle now, as far as in the eating and the working out. Any of your clients come with you and asked, asked about them training for bodybuilding? Have you inspired anyone, any one of your clients? Uh, yes. And, you know, we all have our, we all have our lanes and I always tell them that I know people who can help them. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's a craft, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a definite craft. And you know, the guy who trained me taught me some things that I didn't really understand that if you just turn your elbow up and your hand and your thumb pinky up, and then you do a lateral with that, you kind of get a different little something. Or if you corkscrew your heels in when you're doing this, you activate the hamstrings more. So like, you know this, but then applying it to yourself is something. And I feel like going into a green and not understanding what that means. Like I, I would want somebody in hands of a, an experienced person. Um, I could get them there and foundationally, and then somebody else could get them there in the elevated way for sure. Um, 
I wanted to ask you a couple of questions, but I actually want to touch on something that you just kind of said. Um, and it leads into like one big impromptu kind of like question. Okay. So just bear with okay. me. On this. So uh, you just spoke about how, like, if you have a client that wants to get into bodybuilding, you know, somebody for that, you can get them there foundationally and then maybe pass the torch, uh, so to speak to something else. Earlier in the podcast, you had made mention to doing something similar with like clients who reach out to you and they're, you're just like, I, it's not my wheelhouse per se. Like, again, you can get them there foundationally, mm -hmm. but you have a referral network. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one part. And then the other part that you spoke about is uh, having tying in the myth busting and the assessment, right? These two things that you did are very important, right? So the myth busting and the assessment are probably the most important because you're assessing a client, you're going through like everything that the client has to see, like you have to see movement, nutrition, sleep habits and all that. But a large part of it that people miss is the myth busting and saying, yes, if you uh, increase your protein, whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll gain weight or lifting weights doesn't necessarily make you bulky. Like you tie in like myth busting with the assessment because that's a crucial part. A lot of people just say, don't listen to anything, just listen to me. But it's not really about that. It's about right. communication with the client. Similarly, when you're listening to the client about their goals and where they want to get to, you also speak about like how maybe this isn't my wheelhouse. Maybe you can work with me for right now, but I know somebody who does bodybuilding, who does uh, Olympic lifting, and I can tie you in with that person. So these two things are pivotal points. They're communication. You're listening to your client, which is huge and it's very impactful. And uh, I think it's shown in your retention because you said you had a client that followed you from New York to uh, PA, which is unbelievable. I don't know too many people who have clients that follow them state to state, but- You made someone uh, move. Well, I, I don't know, man, that might be virtual, but like it's, it's, it's still legit. Like you have clients that follow you moving state to state. Mm -hmm. And I think that it speaks volumes to your style of training, your style of coaching, like listening to your clients' needs and understanding their wants and understanding where they want to get to, right? And this has shown, uh, like, uh, I think in, this is an example of like your retention going a long way, like your client retention going a long way. And now that you start your own business, it's very important, or client retention is very important, as well as um, kind of like them being able to speak to other people. I know somebody in this industry who's great, da, 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 boom, right? So client retention is a really important thing. And I think you've kind of mastered that. With that said, do you have any helpful hints or tips to trainers who are starting out or people who have had uh, kind of like not such a great tenor with uh, client retention, like how mm -hmm. to get them to that point? Because you obviously, I mean, at least to me, you obviously have some really good knowledge about that. Well, thank you. I'm blushing. I miss these conversations, you know. <laughs> so um, I, I guess, you know, one of the biggest things is, is that um, when I came into the fitness career and then, you know, then when I became a fitness manager and personal training manager, I was always surrounded by this plethora of talent and people who had been in the field for a long time people who had been educated and then came into the field to apply what they had learned in college. And so, you know, I always saw myself when I first came in, I was, I was a real life story, right? Um, as far as like what I applied to fitness to myself. But then, you know, I brought the business that I knew from my past in order to drive business. Um, so part of it is understanding the business needs. So I know I need X amount of clients and I've done this with all of you, I know. 
but I need X amount of clients to train X amount of times for this return, right? And so how, what clients are those? So where do, where is my niche? And I think that it's important that, you know, people don't say I can train anyone, anywhere on anything, because then you're doing a disservice to the ones who really can do, you know, powerlifting training and you're doing a disservice to your client and they're going to know and they're going to leave you. So, um, you know, I don't think that you need to pocket yourself with, you know, one part of a brand. Like this is my brand. This is all I train. This is all I do. I don't, that's not what I'm saying. I know that my pocket, I identified it is women who are over 35, um, or women that are younger and are married and have kids. Right. And they want to change their body back. Mm. Um, and moms and or professionals, that have either lost track of where they're at in life and they want to gain some self back and they want to keep it. Um, so I, I tell people all this time that if you find somebody who is broken up with fitness many times, that the number one thing I tell people is you remember that, you remember that girlfriend or that boyfriend a long time ago, or maybe just your last one and you broke up six times and you kept going back. Why? Like what made you keep going back to that person? As like they, they were like, bad, they were toxic. Like, why are you going back? It's toxic, right? Yeah. And, and, and who you're with now, whether it be yourself or whether it be a significant other, like you're with them. Now think of what they would have to do in order for you to break up with them or leave them. Or what would you have to do to yourself to be like, I'm done with you. Like right. it's unmeasurable. So mm-hmm. I, I challenge them to have the same relationship within themselves with fitness. And if you can do that, if you cannot make up and break up with fitness, but if you truly marry and commit to fitness and you make it part of who you are, they are committed, right? And so they're, they look to me to help them stay committed. Right. Um, and I care about the people that they are. So I would say, you know, to a new trainer or to somebody who's struggled is, you know, you, you find out why this person keeps up, have they been breaking up or making up with you know, with fitness in and out of life and, you know, find out why that is. And it could be job. It could be, you know, I became a mom. It could be, I got divorced. It could be whatever it is. Um, and you help them repair that. And that's kind of mentally, like, mm. what do you think would help you repair that? Like, what do you think would help you fix that piece to where you can get committed again to yourself? Not counseling because that's outside of our wheelhouse, but you know, within that, how can we tie and how can we fix this through fitness? Like, how can we build that back up? And then also they, they've never had a relationship with fitness. They just, you know, maybe you and them don't vibe, which I think is also really important to understand their beliefs and your beliefs. And do they match? Like you sh- I don't think everybody should take on every client. I think that you, it's important to understand, like, this is who I do well with. This is, this is who I mesh with. I, I mesh really well with women that are mothers because I get it. Uh, I mesh really well with, professional women who are trying to be successful because I get that life too. Um, so I, I know that there's a positive connection there um, because we have, we have so much in common. Um, so I feel like, you know, that's where you start and you get really good at that and you get really good at getting to know the person and, and, you know, try to remember the last conversation you had with them when you saw them last, whether that's making notes or whether that's just like, 
truly, sincerely caring about what they're talking to you about? Like, are you engaged with them during your session or are you looking at what time it is? And we all get that sometimes, but they can tell when you're engaged with them. And, and I think that you owe it to be, that's your job, be engaged with who they are, what they're saying, remember what they talk about. Um, and, you know, some self-reflection may find that you're causing your own, your, your own turnover. And so you may have to say, you know what? Yeah, I canceled too much. Or yeah, I, you know, rescheduled too much. Or mm, I'm late. Like, so some of those things that we push to the side, like as a business runner, I can't do that because if I do, I don't retain. So I think, you know, professionalism is number one. And number two is supporting them through, you know, we think it's, we think it's, we think it's not a big deal when somebody says, oh my God, you're going to hate me for what I ate last night. I would have it to a barbecue and I, da, 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 da. and sometimes we feel like it's our job to like make them feel worse. Like mm -hmm. they're telling on themselves already, you know, so so sometimes our job is to help them reflect on what made them not stop. Like, why did you keep going? Why was it two hamburgers? Why was it an ice cream too? Like, where could we stop that behavior <laughs> next time? Rather than like, yeah, man, you suck. I'm going to push you hard today, make you throw up. Right? Like, then they don't trust you. Then, then they're going to start doing these habits behind your back, just like a 12-year-old or a 15-year-old. And you're not you going to know what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, right? So it's like... Yeah. There's too many stories. There's just too many stories about that. I think we've all had that client that's done that. Exactly. Or like the client that it wasn't our client typically. And then like we get the client because of a referral or whatever. And they say it and they expect mm -hmm. you to like beat their ass for whatever they ate. And we're just like, I'm not going to beat your ass. Like, why did you do it? Yeah. It's not like exactly. extracting the information. Like if you don't, if you fell asleep, you had a dream. And like three days later, you're trying to recollect it. Like, I don't know why I ate all that pasta. I'm trying to put it in my right. head, you know? So it's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, it's the, are you the supportive person? You know, are you, can they trust you? Can they tell you they messed up? Can like, because if they can tell you all that and you can help them get through that, mm. like, you know, you're accepting them as a person, their lifestyle. They don't have to be what you think or what they think you should be. They should know that you do not judge them and you accept them for the person that they are when they walk through the door, no matter who, what, or what they ate last night, they showed up. I'm like, well, you're not in line at McDonald's right now. Right. Like you're here. So that's where we're at right now. Do you sure. know what I'm saying? Like, let's I got a good story that. about that as well. But... <laughs> <laughs> you guys um, want to hear it? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's a client you'll know as well, Mel. Um, he pretty much was like not working at the time. And it was like, all right, let's. Let's walk on you some nutrition habits. You're not working, you're looking for work. Why don't you go down to Trader Joe's and just, just, just go. Just see what your options are. And Trader Joe's on the Upper West Side is like on the block or block away from McDonald's, right? So his comments were, so I went to Trader Joe's. I'm like, and? He goes, I saw the line and I thought, fuck it. I went to McDonald's. I got a Big Mac. And it felt so good. And it just, I went from suggesting going to look at what your options are just familiarize yourself with like time together, what you can what you can buy, and it like backfired. It like but <laughs> what are the odds I say you just explore your options in a in a food store to it could be like fuck it, McDonald's. Like that it right. was so I'm that happens. Not, not much you can do to find, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um going going kind of like with that, well, this is gonna be a change of gears, but um 
kind of like to capsule it, it's like paying attention to your clients, understanding who they are, understanding who you are, um, and how that will impact the relationship long term is like a good mm -hmm. strategy to kind of like uh, uh, readjust and reevaluate how you retain clients, sort of, right? He's so good at, at paraphrasing. Yes, that's it's great. It's, it's, yes, I, I get a lot of. Yeah, I have a lot of friends who just ramble, you know, friends that send like 10 text messages and they're all like paragraphs and they can type faster than you can respond back. I have a lot of friends that do that. So I have a lot of exercises in trying to summarize uh, what they're trying to say. Um, but anyway, um, not to ramble. And I know you got to go because you got a client um, in like five, right? Oh my God, is it that time already? Yeah. It is that time. I, I, have a, I have a few minutes, but go ahead. I'm going to say like one quick question and then we'll give you an opportunity to kind of plug uh, any information like where people can find you at. So the one question that I had in regards to uh, like your uh, training experience is also your managerial experience. Um, what are some lessons that you've learned from those, those sort of like leadership roles? Because training is a leadership role because somebody's looking to you mm -hmm. for expertise. Um, and it's your job to kind of like facilitate that. Um, but also as a manager where you're facilitating and managing like other experts. So what are some valuable lessons that you've learned in these various leadership roles? Well, I think you just said it. Um, I think it's important to, uh, to know the, the expertise that you're surrounded by and let them do them. Like there is no one way everybody feels like their way is either the more proper way or the way to train. But, you know, as a manager, like you have to let them be the trainer as long as they're safe. We can talk many stories about that, but as long as they are safe, you can have your style, right? Because at the end of the day, people are moving and if they're moving and you're keeping them safe, that's our goal as trainers. Now, would we like them to move the way we want them to move? And we would like certain kind of trainer to be certain. Yes. Would we like to be sure everybody's programmed for it? Yes. But at the end of the day, as a, you know, everybody is different and I can't, there's like all three of you alone. I couldn't manage all of you the same. It's just, it's not happening, but it doesn't become about managing in my opinion. And I, I feel like it's more about the relationship and, and how you build that respect bridge and how do you go back and forth off of it? Um, and you know, if, if you think that your answer is always right and you don't want new information, then you're not successful. But I also think that crosses over into clients, right? Clients, you need to have a two-way communication and the, they need to know that they can trust you. And, um, yeah, you at the end of the day are the boss of what's happening, but I feel like there's a certain part of intuitiveness that you, that you need to have. Like if normally they can do what you're doing and you're looking at them and you're like, um, that just doesn't look right today. Like you need to protect your client and they need to know that you have their back throughout, throughout anything. So, um, I would say those are the two, like to trust your intuitiveness because it's there. If something looks wrong, it's wrong. And then also, you know, the relationship that you have as a manager with your people is more important than being their manager. Like the relationship is where you need to build from and, and you'll learn more that way. That's awesome. Thank you. That was great. Um, I've learned so many lessons from you um, from when you were our manager. I'm sure David and Jacques can um, also say the same thing. And uh, we. What? How to be a pain in the ass? <laughs> no. That no, wasn't one. Shit. No, 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 no. That wasn't one from Mel. Mel's like coming to the office. Fuck, what do you want? No. <laughs> David, we should have more memes. 
Yeah, <laughs> David was just trying to show her more memes, more more dog pictures and all They're that. Coming. Baby Yoda. You're gonna regret it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I, I have to say, like, you guys are, I'm, I'm impressed with what you're doing. Uh, I hope you know that forever and always, I've always supported more and more and more and wanted to see you guys do more and put yourselves out there because you're you're that amazing uh and and talented and smart but not just that like intuitive speakers and like real people and um you know people could learn so much from you guys I'm sorry about that <laughs> oh that's okay sorry about that um uh hang on let me just do this really quick all right we're good to go uh Go ahead. I don't know where you were at, so I didn't want to interrupt, but if you wanted to finish anything or if you want to plug where people can find you, feel free to do that and then we'll kind of wrap it up because I know you have to go. I want to respect your time. Um, well, uh, so I am on YouTube. I have some videos, but with the help of you guys, maybe I'll have more. Uh, <laughs> so that's just under my name, Melissa LeBrock or Her Wellbush or Fitness, either one. Um, and I mean, you can find me anywhere like that. But what is it? I don't even know on Instagram. It's, uh, oh, I think it's Lucky Mel, isn't it? Lucky yeah. Mel. So, Lucky hey. Mel. Uh, Lucky so, that's, Mel. that's me on Instagram. I don't do much on it. I probably should do more. Um, but, yeah. I mean, or you guys can get with these three amazing guys and they can send me an email, I guess. Perfect. We'll also uh, we'll also let everyone know on Instagram that this episode was launched or we find pictures well, so people will see you. and there'll be a link through there to your Instagram as well. But like definitely let us know and we can help you in any other ways. And then hopefully when things get back to normal, we can see how you're doing and probably pull as well. That'd be awesome. Road trip. Oh yeah. A little trip? For real. Uh, well <clears throat> we do have a, you know, family beach house y'all could come and chill at the beach. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> I've just saying in months fuck corona we out <laughs> <laughs> the beach is open <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Good. then the invite is down yes just let me know i'm here thank you so much mel appreciate thank it thank you oh my god you guys you. seriously nice made my you. day you guys right. are doing great oh like thank, thank you. you see ya thank you mel okay bye. bye let me just let alfie in one second okay alfie. Uh, Look at just, we're gonna still keep going. Look at Jacques' hair. It's crazier. Look at the back. Turn around. Turn the back. Uh, of your head. The back of your head looks crazier than the front. I'm actually getting used to the front, but the back just looks. Yeah, it's because the roots are coming. You don't in, expect so. it. You know, you look you expect like a blonde hair. I don't know. I don't know what you expect. Yeah, it's, it's like ramen hair. That's all right. It's uh, what's up? Your hair yeah, like. I mean, I'll, I'll go back to normal. <laughs> Alfie, Alfie's in the building. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those of you listening, it was awesome to have Mel come in for episode 12. Um, she was, again, similar to Francine, was a very pivotal manager in our training careers. She came to West 76th Street. Um, she had a ton of gems. It was really glad we got her on. Yeah, it was it was great to uh, hear some of the things that she had to say. And um, honestly, like from a different perspective, um, just looking at kind of like how she's managed her business when moving uh, to a different state has been a really eye opening experience for me. And like, I'm more than happy to kind of learn from the people that I either used to work with or I still work with. 
Um, so it's really cool to like kind of keep in touch and see what she's been uh, working on. Yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. Uh, so we'll wrap it up. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So do we have, um, we have the confirmation for next week, right? Yeah. We have the confirmation only if, you know, the business doesn't spike up. Right. Because yeah. So, I mean, I hope, hopefully he's good to go, but if, you know, God forbid something, well, actually not even God forbid, because like, God forbid his business booms. So like, that's not even, a thing. so, but yeah, anyway, we're confirmed for next week. We got a guest, uh, two weeks from now, we might have a guest. We might not. Uh, this guest has been very elusive today. He is on a jet ski. So this man is living a movie and he's very hard he's to get in touch with. He was on Z100. You know, he, had, he was booked with Z100 the other day. So I had to like make some phone calls, try to pay some people off. And now he's on a jet ski, right? So he's- We making moves here at the trainer. He's making moves. It's too fast. I got to intercept him. I got to catch him in Central Park, running laps, doing his group fitness videos. I don't know what I got to do. Well, I got to find this man. Most interesting man in the world, hopefully in uh, two weeks. Let's see. All right. Later. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye.